0: This is the Statman Sports Podcast where we keep topics in context. This is your host Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball.
1: Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 33 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host Steve Duffus, and I'm not here today by myself. And with my co-host today, special co-host, Mark Gunnels, he's a NABG member, he's a PA for Fox Sports 1, and he's also columnist for BSO, BSO for Black Sports Online. Mark, what's going on, my dude?
0: Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Of
1: course, man, of course. Since the day I've been starting following you on Twitter, and I see your takes, I'm like, yo, this guy needs to come on my podcast, because I need to have him. He's great, and I love his <laughs> takes. So, yeah, man, I- I appreciate, appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. I yeah, really appreciate man. it. I appreciate you taking the time for coming up here. But hey, guys, before we start out, once again, like you know, if this is your first time listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, tune in wherever you're tuning in from. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, you can do that. And of course, we remind you again at the end of the episode. But guys, this past weekend we had a lot of basketball going on. NBA playoffs. Ah, Kevin Durant's injury. Steph Curry going super scion man cj mccollum jennifer was he trying i know he was trying mark i know you saw he was trying was he trying
0: uh he he did it he wasn't trying he did it jennifer e- he exactly did it. man
1: but hey we got so much to talk about guys so with no further ado we're just gonna get right into it mark talk to me man what happened with that rocket's warrior series what, what what went on there
0: Well, when I saw that at halftime, that it was a tied game, and Steph Curry had zero points, at that point, I was like, the Rockets are in big trouble. I mean, you're at home, there's no Kevin Durant, Uh, Steph had 3,000 in the first half, he was scoreless, and it was still a tied game. At that point, I just knew, I mean, because obviously, Steph wasn't going to continue to play that poorly in the second half, and... Mm -hmm. Not only did he not play poorly, the guy scored 33 points in the second half. Yeah, that's... Um, James... Yeah. James Harden, I love him, man. Uh, I'm not going to put too much blame on him, but there is something to say about timely buckets. And yes, he had 35 points in that game, but how many came within the last six to eight minutes when you really, really needed him to will you to victory at home, just just wasn't there to deliver and it's just very frustrating uh, um, as a fan because you just want to see somebody break through sometimes you know and he just can break through for some reason it is very very conf- it's almost confusing it's
1: yeah man it was it, right it,
0: there on the platter it was yeah, right there on the platter it
1: absolutely makes no sense to me man and you know for those of you listeners you know you come here for some statistics i mentioned something to you guys mark talked about uh about james harden but i mentioned something to you guys this is what this, this is how much this series was put on a silver platter when Kevin Durant was injured, okay? To this point in the series, this we're talking about, I'm going to go back to game five. Kevin Durant was averaging 36.9 points a game, shooting 53% from the field, 41% from three-point line, 92% from the free-throw line. That's what Kevin Durant was doing, okay? And he got injured, and all the Rockets had to do was win game five. They had the game. They had the game. Game five. And guess what happened? Steph Curry just flipped the light switch and everything was was gone. Just like Thanos, man. He snapped his fingers. It was over. That's literally what happened. And it's, and it's frustrating, like you said, Mark, to be a fan of basketball. Forget being a fan of just Rockets and the Warriors. You watch the series and you're saying, man, this was the Rockets' biggest chance to finally break through. And they just couldn't do it. So... Do you think that speaks more volumes about how good the Warriors are or how inconsistent the Houston Rockets have been in crunch time?
0: Um, Well, I it's not fun to say a punch here because I think it's a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. I think I will go slightly more towards the Rockets' inability to finish games, uh, especially with KD there because without KD, the playing field is Fairly equal between those two teams as far as talent goes.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: now, if KD was there, then it will be a story. But yeah, without KD, I would definitely say it was more of the Rockets' inability to finish. And I also, though, I do want to give a shout out to um, Andre Iguodala. For some reason, man, that guy just finds a way to get it done when you don't think he has anything left in the tank. He just saves it for these moments. In that game, mm-hmm. he had he made five threes. He was five for eight from three. That was the first time since 2013 that Andre Iguodala has made 5 plus threes in the game.
1: <laughs> you know how crazy that is, man? That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> that that just tells you that just shows you and, and what a lot of people talk about. When you you need to have veteran veteran leadership on your team. And veteran veteran leadership is not just hey, come on the sideline, you know, give guys a pep talk. You like you have to walk the walk. And, you know, and, and Mike D'Antoni... He was just leaving them open. And he was like, oh, you're not going to bury them. And Andre Godala was like, okay, we'll see. And he did. Yeah. That's crazy, man. And that's how you win championships. And that's what separates, for me, good teams from championship teams. And for one game, for one game, I'm not sure if Golden State can win the championship without Kevin Durant. It's debatable. But one thing is clear. For one game, if you need to win one game, this team is up for the challenge. And we saw that against Houston. At home, I mean oh, Houston's yeah. I at home. They're supposed to win. I, I don't understand. I just don't get it.
0: But you're right. I thought for sure it was going to get a get a game seven. I really did.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And, it, and it's and it's great to see you know a veteran like Andre, like you mentioned to to come out there perform for a game. But that's that's how things go in the NBA. I want to talk. I also want to talk about Mark. The next matchup, which is going to be the Warriors versus the Blazers. We saw what the Blazers did. Against the Denver Nuggets. Statistic for you guys. Again. Game 7's on the road. Only 28 teams in NBA history have won a road game 7. <laughs> I remember the last time that, that happened for me. I think was what? The Lakers in 2001 or 2002 versus the Sacramento Kings? That's the last time I saw that. So that's how far back we have to go for that. So I, I think I think the Blazers are primed. They could prime to split this the first two games against uh, Golden State. What do you think about that, Mark? CJ McCollum, Dame, you think they're up for it?
0: I think they're up for it, but I uh, I think they're overmatched, um, even without Kevin Durant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I heard I report that uh, he might come back for Game Three, possibly. Right. Um, I think you look on paper, they both teams are um, their backcourt. They're really good. Obviously, you got Steph and Clay. And CJ and Dame. Uh Golden State's definitely on just a, a notch ahead as far as that matchup, so they win that battle there. Um Golden State's a small team, but luckily the Blazers are not really big.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, they got
0: Cancer, but Cancer's not really gonna scare you too much. And then you got Looney Looney's been playing really good lately. I really like how he's been playing. And Draymond Green, he's starting to find his rhythm lately. Out of late, doing the little things, being a potential triple-double threat any given night. Um, I like the Warriors 5, man. Um, it's just hard for me to, to imagine Portland. I just don't think they have enough firepower. And then you really, they just depend so much on those two guys. And if you look at, I'm pretty sure you look at the numbers. Those two guys, it's rare that they both go off on the same game. Absolutely. CJ and Dame. Absol-
1: Absolutely. And that's it's either the, like
0: one is going crazy and the other one is just kind of there. Yeah, and, and, and that's what yesterday. Game exactly. Dame played bad
1: yesterday. Exactly. And, the, and that's why that's what I was trying to show someone because I remember it it went in a sequence. I remember when LeBron tweeted that he said he hey, you know, that's why he doesn't bother with analytics because in a close game all you want to do is get a bucket. I'm like, okay, yes. I mean, in a sense, I kind of disagree with him in this sense. When you look at analytics and you see how some of these players play, when these analytics are given out, it's more about the in general, about the entire league. It doesn't give you specifics about specific players rather. Sometimes I can't pronounce these words. Forgive me. But uh, <laughs> if you look at CJ McCollum for 2018-2019 season, 49%, 49% of his shots came from mid-range. Okay? And he converted 49% of them within 15 feet or more. I mean, within 15 feet into the basket. That's how clutch he is from mid-range. So when LeBron tweeted that, I kind of looked at it like, No, LeBron, like CJ took a shot that he's been taking his entire career almost. And he's been knocking it down his entire career. So why would not he not take an elbow shot? You know what I mean? And to me, like you said, The day when CJ and Dame go off, I think they're going to become unbeatable. But like you said, that rarely happens. So I I agree with you. I think the Warriors are going to make quick work of this series. I'm not sure what the Blazers can do, but expect everyone to go off. I I don't know how else you see it, Mark. I mean, I'm with you.
0: And then I just saw a report. I'm not sure if he's going to play for game one, but Uh Rodney Hood, they list him as day-to-day with his knee injury it could have been a lot worse so that, a little break there potentially and
1: right. Rocket
0: is actually pretty good for them this postseason
1: yeah absolutely and you know and, and it feels like to me you mentioned the word break like I feel like the Warriors have been catching breaks for like five seasons straight <laughs> you know I'm i am yeah, not all yeah. for making excuses but man like I don't know if they would have made a difference maybe they would have made the series go longer or maybe here and there they probably wouldn't have won arguably against the Rockets last year the CP3 injury but hey with every champion You gotta get some luck You gotta be good But you gotta have luck too So that that's how it is So Mark Something I saw you tweet The other day And I have to ask you about it You know I, I don't I don't Hold back bullets I'm gonna shoot it to you I saw a tweet Right That you posted About uh, LeBron James You said LeBron I, James Is the third best player In the NBA Why
0: actually I said, um Fifth
1: Fifth. Oh, there we go. Even worse. Fifth plus player in the NBA. You still stand by
0: that? Yeah, I stand by that. I mean, he's here's the thing. I think four through six on my list, they're all interchangeable. But uh-huh. top three, I feel like that should be standard for everybody's top three as of right now, which is um KD, Giannis and Kawhi.
1: Okay. Now you know why I asked this, right? Because yes we're talking about the NBA playoffs do you feel let's let's talk about hypotheticals do you feel that if the Lakers made the playoffs this season that you still think LeBron's the fifth best player in the NBA based on his body of work in the playoffs
0: I mean see what I say this is not a career thing this is more based on the high test of what I saw this season Mm -hmm. and his his numbers obviously still look great but if you really watch the games a lot of his numbers were empty numbers like they were coming late in the games when games were kind of already out of hand um just didn't really feel the impact of his his numbers even before the injury and then he came back and then obviously we don't know how healthy he was mm-hmm. but he, even before the injury he just he didn't look as explosive as i'm used to seeing and maybe it's a wear and tear function up of being i mean this guy's been in the final eight straight seasons. Right. He's 34 years old. I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be the best forever. And Absolutely. I don't, I don't think it's a, it's not a, it's not a knock to say he's still a top five player at 34 years old. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are saying that. I'm thinking that he's not good anymore. Right. <laughs> if yeah, you're, top hey. five, you're still very, very good.
1: I'm not jumping on your case, man. I just saw the tweet, and the reason why I asked it is, is very specific because I consider Kevin Durant to be the last, the best player in the NBA the last three seasons, actually. And if anybody wants to debate that, you know where to find me on Twitter and Instagram. So, I feel like Kevin Durant is the best player based on a plethora of information. But also, with the eye test, you can just tell Kevin Durant is better defensively. His mid-range is unstoppable. Matter of fact, his entire game is unstoppable. Nobody can stop him right now. And, what he has shown the last two NBA Finals. I mean, what else needs to be said? But, I just want to make sure that what you're saying is what I saw. I'm like, okay, fifth best player. But I see what you're saying, Mark. I'm with you, though. I'm with you. I would put him top three still, just because. But we'll see. We'll see this coming season when he stands. But another reason why I brought this up, Mark, is because I want the listeners to understand. When we talk about best players, we just saw the Toronto Raptors versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Kawhi Leonard had one of the best NBA playoff series ever. Ever. He had the best... True shooting percentage of all time in a series at 72.1%. Tell us, Mark, how... well wow. how, what, really? what? Yes. That's how ridiculous this man was shooting during the playoffs. Everybody's going to look at that Game 7 and say, oh, he took 39 shots and he only made, what? He only made 15 of them. But it doesn't matter. He brought it. He brought it. He hit the game winner. That's all that matters. Nobody cares about the box score. You advance. But that's how great Kawhi was playing, man. So what do you... What do you take away from that series? What do you see moving forward?
0: I take away, well, from Kawhi's standpoint, is that he has that killer instinct, man. Um, If you had any doubt about him not wanting it or he's thinking about the summer and free agency, I feel like all of that got erased in this series. I mean, that guy was a man-possessed off series, and it was really amplified yesterday. I mean, that was like a It gave me like a, a Kobe type feel Like, obviously he didn't shoot that well right. But he single-handedly Like, willed them the victory Like, it was like, you just knew No matter what the odds were against him He was going to find a way to Pull through for Toronto Absolutely. And I, I just never had any doubt That they were going to win That they were lose that game I had no doubt at all I was like, they're going to find a way to win this game Because Kawhi just wants it more than it. Anybody else in the court, including, like, a, a great Jimmy Butler, a Joel Embiid that cried, you know he cared about that game so much. Mm-hmm. Something about the cerebralness of why his calm demeanor his, uh, his just clutchness, man. He's just he, – he's unbelievable, man, on both ends of the court. That's what's really impressive. Yeah, he does absolutely. it
1: on both ends. Absolutely, and that, that to me, factors in into I, – I, I believe I heard uh, – Max Kellerman talk about this. He's like, "Oh, clutch matters on the defensive end too." Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does matter. Kawhi, to me, arguably by miles, is the best two-way player in the NBA. The best. I mean, he has a mid-range, he can shoot the three, he has a great free throw percentage. You know, as we said, he can defend pretty well. And something that I saw as well, I think you posted it on your Twitter account, and I want to share with the listeners. Kobe versus Kawhi in clutch time. Now, That to me was a bit general, this what I'm about to share with you guys is because I don't necessarily know what clutch time means, because a lot of us talk about the last two minutes of games, or the last couple seconds of games, what does clutch time really mean, and when I looked at this graphic, I don't know, maybe I can decipher what it means, this is Kobe Bryant in clutch time, in the playoffs, he has a 40% field goal percentage, he shoots 23% from three point range. And he's 107 of 270 for field goals. In comparison to Kawhi, which is a small sample size, he's shooting 46% from the field, 48% from three, and he's shooting 26 of 57 field goals. This is Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. That's absolutely ridiculous. Some guys for their career don't even shoot 50%, 45% for that matter. And this guy's doing this in clutch time. (laughs) <laughs> like you said Mark This is unbelievable yeah. man This doesn't make sense At all
0: Yeah man uh, You think he's gonna stay Or leave man You know You know I think yeah, this
1: is something I was talking to A friend of mine A couple of weeks ago And I told him I said listen Before the playoffs Actually started I said Because my friend also Asked me if Kawhi Was gonna stay And I said to him Listen I think if the Raptors Make the conference finals Which they are in right now And make the NBA finals There's a big chance That Kawhi is gonna stay But, looking at what happened in this Game 7 It seemed like he was the only one doing everything Like, I mean, is Toronto cursed? I mean, are these players not up for it? Because remember, this is not the first time Toronto's made it this far So I don't know what's up with these core players Why they struggle Because there's no way Kawhi needs to be taking Damn near 40 shots in a Game 7
0: You know, but Yeah, like, where's Pascal Siakam?
1: Exactly you know he he's arguably The most improved player this year so I don't understand You know where was he in game 7 Like you know he just almost disappeared But to answer your question And what a lot of listeners might want to know I believe Kawhi might stay But that game 7 for me personally Leaves some doubts Because I will not want to be the guy If I'm looking at if I put myself in his shoe I will not want to be the guy to be carrying all the load All the time You know I need some oh, help Oh no I want definitely some help. not I don't want to yeah. take 40 shots. This man's burnt out. And the series starts going on Wednesday against the Bucks, which happens yeah. to be the best defensive team in the league. We'll rest
0: it, at that.
1: Exactly. So so how how is that going to go around? But I think I think Kawhi might stay, though. I think he's going to sign like, I don't know, a two-, three-year deal or something like that. And he might stay.
0: I so. think he's coming here to L.A. and he's going to join the Clippers. Oh, wow. You think he's going to go to the Clippers? I think he's going to the Clippers.
1: Not the Lakers. The Clippers.
0: Not the Lakers.
1: Mm, Because I've I've been doing a lot
0: of things. I don't think he wants to to deal with the LeBron Hollywood drama. The Clippers, obviously, they're in L.A. as well, but they're more of a low-key team in L.A. And that kind of fits his personality more. And plus, he's from here. So I feel like if he wants to come out here, he'd rather go to the team that doesn't have all that toxicness going on around him.
1: I hear you man I hear you So but bro, before we move on To the, to the next topic Mark I want to give you Give us some predictions I'm going to start out By saying I think the Warriors Are going to top the Blazers In five games Max Even without Kevin Durant And there have been reports That Kevin Durant Is going to come back After game two I believe So I think yeah. He's going to be over in five What do you think?
0: I got the Warriors In five two, man
1: Alright it There we go Warriors We're on the five. same page Now And then move on To the Raptors And the Bucks. Greek Freak versus Kawhi, what do you think that's gonna go?
0: At the Bucks, I'm just, I, I've been dangling on how many games because I could see it going, but that's only if the others on Toronto step up. Okay. All right, could be it could be in five or six, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bucks in seven. Bucks and I'm, seven.
1: I'm
0: gonna I'm I'm bank on I'm gonna bank on Siakam in. Lowry and saw Giving Kawhi
1: something To push it to game 7 Well Bucks in 7 Okay I ha- I actually have The Milwaukee Bucks In 5 games actually That's what I have
0: Okay yeah, You so got like- the others Not doing, doing anything <laughs> Yeah Yeah
1: pretty much I mean look What I've seen From game 5 6 and 7 I'm like look If yeah. Kawhi doesn't show up For one game They're getting smoked <laughs> That's what's gonna happen
0: Yeah Yeah Because yeah.
1: Ka- cause Kyle Lowry Is nowhere to be found Serge Ibaka disappears literally like he starts out well for the first three minutes and he just disappears so I yeah. don't see how that's gonna happen against the Bucks and they have home court advantage you know in this series against the Sixers they had home court but just imagine playing a game five against the best home team in Milwaukee during the regular season and the playoffs yeah I see kind of difficult there you know
0: yeah it's gonna be tough yeah, so I,
1: I see that going into five. So so Mark, let me let's just jump over to let me just segue to this. Frank Vogel just got hired by the Lakers. We've we've heard before Tyron Lue. we heard Jason Kidd, we heard uh I don't even know. We heard Larry Burke, heard Rambis, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, we heard all these people. You know, not all the, Williams everybody. <laughs> we heard everybody. Are you surprised by this Frank Vogel signing for the Lakers? I mind you now, for three years. Um,
0: surprised um, if you would have told me this like a month ago or even two weeks ago, uh-huh. yes. But after the Tyron thing fell through, no. Because he's probably the best option available at this point. Um, I mean, he had some good years in Indiana. Obviously, he battled with Ron, actually, in the conference mm-hmm. finals. But mm-hmm. he uh, Pacers Took him to seven. Uh, He had some talent on that roster Mm -hmm. Uh, Orlando wasn't that good Obviously when he was there But uh, I think he's a solid coach But is he the right coach for this team Uh, I'm not sure Because when you hire a coach for this team You have to consider Will LeBron respect him And listen to him And I'm not quite sure That's going to be the case But I do like how They got Jason Kidd there be on the bench because LeBron and Kid have a relationship. LeBron respects former players,
1: right? Especially
0: right. somebody of Kid's caliber. He's one of the best point guards of all time. But the only thing is that's kind of confusing to me. Is if that was the case, why they got is, Why not just hire as the head coach? Because it seems like they're setting up Vogel to be the scapegoat, and I could see Kid becoming the head coach, like by All Star.
1: right and you know it's quite interesting right because I was thinking that but I just didn't want to tweet it when I was on Twitter I was like you know what I'm not even going to touch this because I myself personally haven't followed Frank Vogel as much but I went to do some research on him and I found this okay the first six seasons when he was with Indiana he had like a 250 and 181 record okay and then when he was hired by the Mm -hmm. Orlando Magic and subsequently his record went for what 54 and 110 losses so to me it was kind of baffling that the lakers would just take him but then again it shows the desperation and the dysfunction that's going on in la right now the lakers that is and like you said is lebron really gonna respect frank vogel for me I think LeBron never respected anybody rather than Pat Riley, who happened to not even be his coach. He was just a GM. And I said Tyron Lue. Yeah. And even then, it seemed like LeBron was, like, overshadowing everybody that coached him. You know, because with LeBron comes a great character. He's a great superstar. You know, arguably the second best player of all time. I still have Michael Jordan there as number one. But, like, come on. Like, how 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 is it that you're going to hire somebody that we all see his... His latter part of his career, he's not winning as much. And then you bring him into L.A. to kind of, like, resurrect us, us Laker fans. So, I'm with you, Mark. I don't I don't know what's going on there, but Jason Kidd seems like the guy that he's just lurking. You know? And, yeah. And, and <laughs> whew, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's a bit confusing because when I saw it, I posted it on my accounts and I said, Oh, okay, as a Laker fan, I'm just going to go with what, management? is trying to do because i'm a management guy i'm like okay give him a chance to see what happens but that one was kind of suspect and especially after they gave him three years to me it's kind of like they just gave up looking for anybody else and just caved in that's what it seemed like to me
0: so, so who did you want who was your dream hire you wanted tyron Lu? i
1: i kind of felt that at this point tyron Lu would be the best fit because it seemed like LeBron was advocating for him indirectly Many other people were advocating You know, former players that played for him Was advocating for him And, you know, granted He did win the championship in 2016 With with the Caps So You kind of have to put some stock in that. But at the same time I I don't know, man It's My My thing would be I I would want Matter of fact This sounds crazy But I want to see Phil Jackson back, actually (laughs) That was my thing
0: Wow yeah. Because I would I mean, want to see just that would what... be great, but I just don't I don't know if his, his health will hold up though. Yeah,
1: exactly. But you see, like you said, you know, you asked me what my dream would be. That would be amazing because I would want to see somebody of LeBron's caliber playing the triangle offense and see how he would succeed in that. You know what I mean? Because I oh, think it
0: was gonna be perfect bro.
1: Yeah, because I think it will actually maximize his already great potential. This dude's averaging like eight assists for his career. So I think he could easily average like yeah. fifteen. Because that offense is pretty much predicated on ball movement you know and he will not have yeah, to have the ball as much
0: and it'll keep him it'll put him on the block more exactly exactly you and keep them this... around keep around that the elbow area 15 feet in mm-hmm yep yeah that would been great that uh, that would the tyron Lou thing is very interesting i'm sorry i mean to cut you off no there. it's okay go ahead but uh the tyron lu thing since they offered him three years from what i've been gathering he felt disrespected because you know LeBron has three years left on track as well. Mm-hmm. So from what I've been hearing is that when they offered him three years, Toronto took it as disrespect, as if like you're just a LeBron guy. So we're just gonna push you on a three-year deal. So when LeBron's deal is up, your deal will be up as well. And he's looking at it as like I'm an actual legit coach, so I want five years. I'm not just a LeBron, you know, but buddy you know right right yeah and i think he felt disrespected by that yeah (laughs) and and,
1: you know the same thing you you gathered is what i was reading from you know from many other people as well i mean of course we we don't know how legit it all can be unless we hear it from tyron himself or from management but i think this has been the theme i don't know how you feel about what i'm about to say i'm not sure you listeners might know if you if you disagree with what i'm about to say you can leave in the comment sections on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter—you can find me. I believe that anywhere LeBron has gone for his career, the question has always been: Is the coach that good, or is it because he has LeBron James? You get what I'm saying? Because when we look yeah. at when we look at uh, let's say let's use Mike Brown for instance, Mike Brown won sixty games back to back. The Cavaliers won sixty games back to back. I can't remember which season it was. I think it was oh nine ten, and they didn't make the NBA Finals in none of them. And we wonder, we said, okay, did he win because he's just a good coach? Or did he win because, one, they played in the East? Or is it because LeBron James was that great? Then we go to Miami. Right. right? We go to Miami, and the same question was asked of Eric Spoelstra. Oh, is he that good? Is it because he has LeBron, Wade, and Bosch? Or is it just the superstars that did the work? And sometimes I believe that that aura carries over to any type of coach. Because a lot of people do question if Draymond Green didn't get it suspended for game 5 would we even be talking about Tyron Lou today you know so it's kind of like a yeah it's a legit thing to ask but i don't put much stock into that because you don't coach on this level if you don't know what you're doing you know superstars can only carry you so much but as a coach you also have to you know put the team in the positions to win as well you know and i think Tyron Lou did a good job of that hence yeah people are advocating for him so that that's that was just quite yeah, interesting. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, and I think um, another thing too, and as far as the NBA goes, especially in today's era, mm-hmm. um, obviously there are some teams that need the X's and O's and great player development, but a lot of it has to do with just managing the egos yes. and making sure guys respect you. Because I don't think Tyron an X's and O's guy by any means, but I think he's a great, he's a he's a guy that people players can relate to. And right. he's good at managing egos and talking to them all outside of basketball, just makes them feel comfortable. And I think that's even a bigger deal because you got a lot of the now in the NBA. So managing egos is probably the most important thing, actually, for a coach now. Yeah,
1: absolutely, because you know the 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 star. I problem. mean, because
0: prime example, look look at OKC. Billy, yes. Billy Donovan has no respect for no respect by Westbrook. There's no reason why Westbrook should still be playing that way. Right? the way he's still playing at thirty years old. <laughs> but right, I don't respect him.
1: Right, absolutely, man. They don't and, respect you know, you bring up that that's a great point you bring up because what I believe what made Phil Jackson one of you can arguably say the greatest coach of all time is because he managed one of the biggest ego or the biggest ego in NBA history, and Michael Jordan. You know, like just imagine yourself in Phil Jackson's shoes. What what the heck would you tell Michael Jordan? You know, he, he's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting almost damn near 90%. You know, he he's averaging about 35 a game come playoff time. So when yeah. you want when you want to take him out, you can't tell him MJ come out. But MJ talked about it openly after he retired, that him and Phil had his classes just like with Kobe. But Phil didn't care about any of that. All Phil cared about was show me the respect and I'll give it to you back. You know, and that's – you made a good yeah. point that That's what really matters. And in today's NBA, I believe that um, – a lot of guys forget how important it is to have somebody on your side when things are not going right to put you back in the right mindset. And that's what makes Steve Kerr who he is today. Yes, he has a superstar talent. But remember, the Lakers almost also had Gary Payton, Carmelo, Malone, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, both in their prime, and they didn't win. So, that speaks volumes as good well.
0: Point. Good, that, good point. Yep, yeah,
1: that, that speaks major volumes. Mark. I want, to, I want to touch on something else here, man. This transition is my favorite part of the show, where I'd like to mention the statistic that everybody is all wailing about, that everybody talks about that's pretty crazy. You know how many buzzer-beater game winners there were in NBA history for Game 7? Take a guess. So game, that was the first one yesterday, right? First one ever in NBA history, Game 7. All the amazing NBA Game 7s we ever had. That was the first buzzer beater.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> that was the first buzzer beater,
0: man. And it's quite ironic. It was, right? it was hard for me. It's hard to believe that when I heard that. It was crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. And for you listeners, you know how crazy that is and how ironic it is? Because if you have ever listened to Skip Bayless, if you listen to sports, you heard of Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless has this thing for Kawhi because he personally loves the Spurs. And Kawhi just left him. So he feels hurt. And I get it. But it's so ironic that that game-winner came from somebody that has the quiet demeanor. But he has that inside killer like Mark talked about earlier. Right? You would think that MJ would have something like that or Kobe, even LeBron or Kevin Durant. Nope. Kawhi Leonard. It's
0: pretty, yeah.
1: It's pretty, it's pretty Crazy, interesting. Man. It's pretty dope, man. That, you know, all these game-winners that we have had before, none of them were in that under that pressure moment. And it's it's quite interesting to me as well that something I want to say with you, Mark, and also to the listeners. We talk about clutch time, right? And before I mentioned Kobe and Kawhi's clutch numbers, right? Pressure. Pressure plays a lot into whether the ball goes in or not or your will. You can will the ball in the basket. I actually believe that. And I think that's what happened yesterday with Kawhi. Because his entire game in that game seven was all about, hey, listen. I'm going to do what I got to do. If you guys want to follow me, you follow me. If not, I'm going to take it on my back, you know? And I think when he shot that shot over Joel Embiid and it bounced so many times, it was just... For me, it was a marquee moment because it's like, this is this guy just willing his team to the next round. Literally. Figuratively and literally. And that was amazing to
0: see. How do you feel, Mark? Oh, I feel the same way. Um, I mean... He said after the game he practices that shot. Um, obviously, he probably doesn't practice at the bounce like that, but mm-hmm. just the actual two dribble in the corner fade away, get some backspin on it. I believe he practices that shot. I mean, he looks like he did. He knew exactly what spot he wanted to get to. He got to a spot. Mm-hmm. He gave it a chance, and he got a shooter's touch. I mean, <laughs> I think it was an amazing shot.
1: Right, and it's, it's uh. I'm just happy for the guy, man. I'm just happy for the guy because everyone was talking about him. Oh, he's a system player. Yeah, system that now. <laughs> for two series yeah. now, he's showing how great he is. Yeah, so much
0: for that narrative.
1: Exactly. So that that's dead and gone, man. But that today, guys, that was just your stat of the day. And that and to me, I, I, I love stats. I always like talking about these stats. But to me, of all the episodes I've done, this is episode 33 that we're doing right now. Of all the ones, this is my favorite stat. <laughs> the first buzzer beater ever in a game seven, NBA history. Amazing, amazing.
0: I'm glad I'm uh, I'm on here for your favorite stat.
1: Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Mark, let's move let's move into man this this last segment that my listeners know what it is. It's called keeping it in context. And this and this is where we we bring something in perspective that a lot of people tend to misconstrue. And this today, I wanted to get your input on right injuries matter the length of series matter bear with me here we all saw what happened to kevin Durant Uh in game five he injured his uh he we all thought it was an achilles but it was a calf injury lucky for the for the warriors as well you know they'll be able to have him back initially when that happened we all thought at least in my mind i thought man the nba landscape about to change drastically you know why because one I automatically thought the Houston Rockets were going to win and become the favorite to win the NBA championship, actually. And two, with calf and Achilles injuries, you're not sure how you come back, right? We all saw what happened to Kobe. When he injured his Achilles, his career was practically over, right? And he was never the same player again. So what do you think would have happened? Let's just play a hypothetical here. What do you think would have happened if Kevin Durant Achilles was a grade one or grade two injury? What do you think would happen with the NBA landscape?
0: Um, I think, well, the show, they still would have beat the Rockets. Uh, I think they still would have went to the finals with or without them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think they would have beat the Bucs in the finals without Durant. Right. I think they need Durant to beat the Bucs. The Bucs are really, really, really good. And they got a lot of length, a lot of size. Um, as far as the summer goes, I don't think that would have changed much. I think he's going to leave regardless. I think he's gonna go to the Knicks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and even even if he doesn't the season, even if he didn't start the season next year, the Knicks will still give him whatever he wants, and they'll just eat it for whenever he returns because the Knicks are desperate. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would have definitely changed as far as like legacy, as far as saying that oh they can win without Durant because I mean I know they did it before, but. Kyrie and love route in that series so definitely has a little asterisk on that Mm -hmm. and I don't think they would have won this year without him so then it would have been like okay Durant really was the reason why they won these championships so that would have definitely helped him and he would have went to New York well he still is Mm -hmm. and who's to say they get something else like a Kyrie maybe and even Zion the lottery's tomorrow so we'll see who's number one pick tomorrow right and as far as the Warriors, they would have to, they're gonna to have to give Clay whatever he wants because I'm hearing that if they even entertain the thought of lowballing him, he's mm-hmm. gonna feel disrespected and he's gonna leave. And since I believe that he's already gone, they have to make sure they keep Clay because there's no way they can go to that new arena with Draymond as their second best player. Right. They just Ab- do that.
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and and why why I thought this would be an amazing thing for us to, to dissect and talk about, even during this playoffs, is because some of us forget, man. When coaches talk about ending series early, it was really to try to avoid injuries like those, right? And it's it's quite interesting how when the Warriors lost Game Three, they lost by what two points or three points or something like that. Everyone was talking yeah. about, ah, oh, man, they should have ended. That would literally ended the series, and we would never seen the Kevin Durant injury, right? And that to me is very important because I think. Now that Kevin Durant is still, you know, relatively healthy, he's going to come back to series. I will ask myself, why the heck would I want to leave Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green? Why would I want to do that? To go to New York to prove what? You know, I know many people are not on my wagon when I... I didn't criticize Kevin Durant because I looked at it simplistically. Dude, if you want to win, you go to the best team you can win, right? And he went to Golden State. Did it look like a soft move? Yeah, sure. But we live in an era now. It's all about superstars, and you find the superstars that you can win with. And clearly, Kevin Durant fit in that system. But if we fast forward, like you talked about, Mark, if we look at the NBA lottery and the players that are available, Kevin Durant would would want to go to New York so he can win with a team that's been nothing for the past almost what six, seven, eight years. So why wouldn't he want to do that? Yeah. So I think I think it weighed in a lot of ways that injury. And another thing that I also thought about, I'm not, I'm not sure if you thought about this as well, Mark, was if he injured himself, he was never able to come back and the Golden State not win the championship. We're not sure yet, but let's say they don't win the championship. He never comes back and plays for Golden State. Do you think he would want to sign back just to make sure he finished unfinished business? Would you do that?
0: Nah, he's gone regardless. Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't. I would uh, go take on another challenge. He's already got two titles there, two finals in BPs. I think if he were to go to New York mm-hmm. and let's say he wins, just one there, like that would be like the equivalent of LeBron winning one in Cleveland. Like it will carry so much weight. Right. If you won one in New York, a city that hasn't seen NBA championships since like the 60s, and like it's New York, I mean, Madison Square Garden, like he will be forever in the lore of not just New York, but just NBA whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Right. I mean, I can't find it for it. will be just so huge.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It's just, you know, I tried to weigh all these scenarios and say to myself, man, like these are all the options that weigh just on one injury. And that's how crazy it can be for the NBA. And that's, and that's just tell you how big of a superstar he is. You know, like for instance, if you look, if you compare it to any other sport, let's say Tom Brady goes to like, I don't know. He goes to like the Bengals. It's not going to change much for the for the NFL landscape, really, because if you look at it, the pitch has been dominating the AFC anyway, and they've been uh, doing that for what the last like two decades. <laughs> but yeah, the way the NFL is constructed, you depend on other people on the other side of the ball. In basketball, one star can literally change everything, not just for that team, but for the, an entire conference. LeBron James this man left the Eastern Conference and look at how much competition we have now right yeah. so it, it's it was quite interesting for me to you know bring this all into perspective and keep it in context that injuries do play a role initially we just see them as oh this guy's injured you know he's going to come back better and that's not going to change anything but this playoff we realize how one trade can make a difference we talk about Kawhi you think the Raptors would have beat the Sixers if DeMar DeRozan was still there Think about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like superstars have this big weight in the NBA. And it's quite interesting that, you know, it's something that we, we tend to forget how great these guys are, how these injuries can change everything for us. Mark, anything else you want to say, man? You good?
0: Um, I'm good right now. Well, actually, how do you feel about this lottery tomorrow? Who do you want to see get the number one pick? Where do you want Zion to go?
1: I don't care where Zion goes, though. To be honest with you, I really don't. I just want to see him play in the NBA. <laughs> I really yeah. don't. I just want to see him play. But it'll be, it'll be. Yeah. I would say, for for magnitude, for power, for him to go New to York, New York. Man, it'll be yeah, it'll be to go to New York. You know, and that will be, that'll be the first time in, like, eight years that I'll actually go to Madison Square Garden to actually see a game that's not a Laker game <laughs> so I can go see Zion <laughs> play. That's how good he is. Yeah. That's how good he is. Yeah. And I think he'll change the landscape. And even more so, guys, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon because I'm a Laker fan for life. But if Kevin Durant comes to New York with Kyrie Irving and Zion, man,
0: I'll have to think
1: about getting them season tickets, (laughs) bro. The
0: garden would be
1: buzzing.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm trying Could to you imagine you. that first Kyrie or Katie oop to Zion on a fast break in oh the garden? Oh my
1: gosh, yo! I don't, I don't even want to see that. I don't even want. To. Look, as a basketball fan, that's just like NBA Two K ridiculous. Like you, know, you, you have Kyrie Irving coming up the middle, and you have Zion on the left and Katie on the right. Like, bro, come on.
0: Yeah, you got you got Katie for a three, or do you want to do the spectacular two? But it'll be an alley-oop versus Zion. I mean. Pick your poison. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that that'd be
1: that'd be awesome, man. But yeah, for for the lottery, I, I hope I hope the Knicks get Zion. But I wouldn't mind if he goes anywhere else. You know, I just want to see the kid do well. He's win. I mean, he's the most hype athlete since LeBron James. So Yeah. I want to see. I mean, hey, is he built for New York? All these things are coming along, man. Cause hey, not everybody can play New York. We know this. For sure. So but let's hope and see, man. I'm, I'm hyped for this, for the, for the draft lottery. If you guys are listening to the podcast, it's been recorded on May 13th, on a Monday. And the draft is May 14th. Not the draft, rather. The lottery is on the 14th of May. Yeah, it's just the so, lottery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're excited for that, as you can tell. because We just went on this little <laughs> escapade there. But hey, that's <laughs> what it is, man. Hey, but Mark, thank you for your time, man. Thank you for your insight on everything we talked about today. NBA playoffs, everything, man. I appreciate your time, dude
0: hey man i appreciate you having me man anytime man yeah
1: absolutely absolutely but guys this is all we have for you today but before i let you guys go remember we have a store store store.statmanpodcast.com you can find your hats you can find your we're gonna have keychains and cups and mugs and the t-shirts the t-shirts are there so you can go purchase them if you like them hey man and again if you haven't subscribed hit that subscribe button that will help us immensely But for right now, man, Statman and Mark Gunnels signing out, baby.
0: Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.